0: That's everylife.com, and don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy.
0: It's so great to be back at our kitchen table um, for another episode. And this time we have just an incredible guest. I think the hero of the Senate, um, I think the most important race that needs to be won if we want to get to the bottom of so many of the lies in the Biden administration. That, of course, is Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. Senator, welcome to the kitchen table.
2: Hello, Rachel. Hello, Sean. I'm uh, happy to be here with you. Listen, I'm I'm
1: happy you uh, took a little time off the campaign trail. I know what it's like and how fun it is to travel our great state uh, on the raw mobile. And that you would take a, a you know 15 20 minutes to chat with us today as you come into the closing days. I, I appreciate that. We want to ask you about a, a, a couple of different topics, but before we get into some some meteor stuff. I always think no one knows the mood of the electorate, of the voter, what's burning on their minds than candidates, because you, you, you're talking to so many people, touching so many people, especially in the closing days of the campaign. What are you hearing, Senator, as you're going through Wisconsin in this final pitch to November 8th?
2: Well, first of all, Sean, I just want to comment on what you said earlier about really how much fun it is to be campaigning. Uh, we've been driving around the state of Wisconsin. You know how beautiful it is. I'm up in your old district right now. Uh, it's been beautiful weather, but what's most fun about it is just all the kind and decent people you meet. Uh, you know, people that love this country, people that really are, are, are really willing to work hard to unify and heal it. And I'm dead serious about that. So, uh, you know, what is obviously on people's minds are you know the key, the issues, you know, the, this fundamental transformation of America. The 40-year high inflation, the record gas prices, skyrocketing crime, open border, the flood of deadly drugs in their cities. Uh, you know, those things are on people's mind, but it's it's actually more fundamental than that, Sean. You know, when when you know parents saw what our children were being indoctrinated with uh, within our schools, I mean, there's a sense that we're just literally losing this country. Mm-hmm. We're we're losing what we value here, you know, our, our culture, our, our values, our morals. And I'd say that's actually the, the, more, the greater driving force in terms of um, certainly our supporters.
1: You know, Senator, I just I want to maybe jump in on Rachel before she asks a question. I think you made such a, a great point that, and especially in Wisconsin, and I, I know Wisconsin better than any state because I've spent 50 years there, but I think you're right. Voters, voters love America, and so they want to heal America. They, they don't want to see it ripped apart. They want to see it come together around some common themes that we've always had in this country, which is educate our kids, love our, love our country, give freedom and liberty to people to let them choose their destinies, choose their course in life. They know what's best for themselves versus their family versus the government. I think that's just a a, a really uh, important point that you bring up from the campaign trail.
0: And I also think that what you brought up about, you know, f- family and morals. I mean, I think people are outraged that they're sending their kids to school and they're getting, you know, transgender things that make no sense, um, that they're finding pornography in the libraries of their schools that are taxpayer funded. I have to, tell you, I've also been going around, not as much as you Senator, but when I go to diners, I hear people talking about just being afraid for the morality of the country.
2: Well, they're pushing things like critical race theory on our children. And, you know, I just gave my, in my speeches, I talk about how didn't we all embrace Martin Luther King's vision for this country
1: that yes. he you
2: know, that he laid out in his "I Have a Dream" speech that you're going to judge people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And listen, racism still exists. Of course, it does. You know, so does hatred. It's, it's unfortunate, but we've come a long way uh, since Martin Luther King Jr. gave that speech. You, you know, why not? Why not build off of that? Why not acknowledge the fact that you know we have reduced racism dramatically in this country? Let's continue the racial healing. But, you know, the the other side isn't doing that. Again, I I hate sound partisan, but it's just true. I mean, our side, we're not the dividers. We're not the angry ones. We're highly concerned. But we're not angry. You know, we, we, we want to unify and heal this nation. We want to love our neighbors. You know, we want to strengthen America because a divided nation, as President Lincoln said, a house divided cannot stand. A divided nation is a weakened nation. And unfortunately for the world a weak America, with a weak America, the world is a far more dangerous place as the folks in uh, Ukraine are, are finding out and hopefully not Taiwan.
1: No no doubt about that. I look at, if, if there's a senator and I'm a I'm an executive in tech, or if there's a senator and I'm an executive in big pharma, um, or if I'm someone deep in government, there's one senator that I want to kick out of office in, in 2022, <laughs> and his name is Ron Johnson. What have... What have you been up against in regard to the money and the effort and the push by really powerful forces in this country that want to see you defeated because of all the work you've done to expose many of the lies, many of the much of the collusion uh, that's taken place between tech and pharma and big government?
2: Well, that's what what I've been up against. Lies, distortions. I mean, they'll they'll take anything I say and twist it beyond recognition, distort it into an entirely different meaning character assassination, in in general, the politics, personal destruction. But, you know, I I may be the number one target and they may be lying about me the most. But I I would say just about every Republican on the ballot is facing a Democrat who's using the same playbook. And it's very unfortunate, Sean and Rachel, I mean, that one political party has no problem lying. I I talk about how President Obama was awarded the the 2013, I think, was a PolitiFact Lie of the Year. He knew full well that Obamacare would force you Uh, off of uh, your health care plan. You'd lose the doctor you like. But yet he told it. President Biden said that uh, he lied when he said he never talked to his son Hunter about his overseas business dealings. And Mandela Barnes, I mean, this guy, the the falsehoods just roll off his tongue. So it's very unfortunate we have a political party where they are so detached from not only the truth, but also reality. It's, It's shocking. And that's why our nation's in such peril.
0: Well, some of the things that they that you said is actually that you were telling the truth. You were telling the truth about the need for alternative um, you know, therapies during covid. You were telling the truth about the injuries that people were experiencing because of the vaccine. And they were trying to censor you. And that, so I want to talk a little bit about big tech censorship, because some of it isn't that they took what you said and lied. Some of it you've been 100 percent vindicated on, by the way, um, at the, the more time that goes by, the better your record looks during the covid period. I just can't believe that our government was working with big tech to censor American speech. And I guess what I want to know is and I think a lot of people want to know is. No one doubts your courage, but if the American people hand the Senate over to the Republicans and if if we get a Republican majority in the Senate and we expect that in the House, what can the American people expect as far as the covid lies? Because already we're seeing the Atlantic Monthly and, you know, Jake Tapper and others saying, "Okay, there were some mistakes, but we don't need to relitigate that. And I'm afraid that if we don't go back. And hold people accountable, and I mean not just like in a hearing, but people go to jail for some of the lies that have happened. Uh, that th- this is just going to happen again. So, well, what can you? Re- how can you reassure people who are voting Republican, or 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 you know, a lot of people are crossing over that you'll do that?
2: Well, if if I do win and we do get the majority, I, I will become chairman of the permanent subcommittee on investigations. Uh, there's no Senate chairman that has greater subpoena authority than that chairman. And so this was one of the main reasons I ran. We have to expose the truth here. And, you know, Rachel, they, they use a pejorative, you know, that I spread misinformation. They never have once told, shown one thing that I said was that it was inaccurate when it came to COVID and the vaccine and early treatment. I mean, I've been a hundred percent vindicated. Now they'll never admit it. But they, quite honestly, they can't afford to admit they're wrong because the body count is way too high. Right. The, the, the human toll of the economic devastation, uh, what we've done to our children is just so high that they're going to continue to double down on failure just to pretty well never admit they were wrong. And of course, now there's tacitly meaning they're wrong by begging forgiveness, just saying, well, let's all, let's all move on. you know it was, it was really complex. Well, yeah, there was a lot we didn't know. That is true, but there was an awful lot that we did know that they completely ignored. And they do need to be held accountable. And that's, you know, I, I will be a man on a mission. Trust me. and
0: purposely covered it up. I just it's so infuriating. Th- thank you for all you've done on that.
1: And, and I think it's important to go. The, the, the comments were just common sense from really smart doctors that were being censored. And because we didn't know, we should have debated. And our government and our and big tech was shutting that debate down. I want to ask you about crime. we we'll move on from that. I'm sorry.
0: I just them. have to say one more thing. What is happening with Peter McCullough? Has, has, ha, Dr. Peter McAuliffe? Has his license been revoked? And what, can happen, what, what are you going to do to help doctors who are under this kind of, you know, professional pressure of having their licenses revoked?
2: Well, his certifications have been canceled by some of these certifying boards. And exactly what that means is a little difficult to interpret right now. But he's being made an example of uh, the reason more doctors didn't come forward is because you know, they want to practice medicine. Uh, a lot of them have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of uh, uh, student loans outstanding. They need to make a living for their family, so they've been intimidated. They they live in a state of fear because of the COVID cartel, the the federal health agencies, mm-hmm. uh, the medical establishment. Quite honestly, um, they are crushing anybody that has a dissenting view. And you know, what's so disappointing about this? To me, that was a basic tenet of medicine. If if you have a serious illness. You go get a second, maybe even a third opinion, because nobody has perfect knowledge. I mean, I I wish the Fauci's of the world had a little modesty here and say, oh, there's a lot that they don't know either. And, you know, we need it was our responsibility to provide the American public with as much information as we had, as honest as information as we have, so they could make as informed a decision as possible in very uncertain times. But that's not what happened. You know, Fauci talked with certainty and he was certainly wrong. And that's the problem.
1: I would say that it's important that we have expectations that are appropriate uh, this is a legislative body in in the congress and i think uh, to your point senator you can bring a lot of transparency to what did happen and didn't happen and that's the power of the gavel um that if you have a majority in the senate and and you have that powerful gavel you mentioned you can bring us that transparency which then allows the voters to act and also um you know legislation to potentially pass but i want to get back to this issue of crime Because I think that Americans are really forgiving. They do say, listen, if you make a mistake, I can accept your your apology and that you didn't get it right. And, you know, you spent a lot of money and we got inflation and you tried and it was wrong. You're sorry. Okay. I I think that goes a long way. But what frustrates me is the crime issue. I know you've this has been a big issue on the campaign trail where Democrats have pushed this this uh, the no bail. They have pushed criminal justice reform. Uh, they've, they've pushed defunding the police And and now crime has exploded and shockingly in our state as well. And I imagine that Mandela Barnes has not apologized for it. Tony Evers has not apologized for it, but what role is crime playing in, in the campaign in Wisconsin?
2: Well, it's a, it's a huge role. I think primarily because Mandela Barnes has been so grotesquely dishonest about this. You know, it's obvious that he was for defunding the police, but yet he dishonestly denies that. But but he's learned to use the code words. Like he, you know, he wants to reallocate over bloated police budgets. He says it pains him to see a fully funded police budget. And, and and even worse, he went on Russia today six times as a member of Wisconsin's assembly. Okay, representing Wisconsin, basically denigrated the police, including a few days after the slaughter of five Dallas police officers. And he went on basically rationalized it. He said in that appearance that law enforcement is over-exercising their badge, that they've turned their badges into a uh, license to bully, and then rationalized the killing by saying, well, it's probably retaliatory action. That's who Mandela Barnes is, and he's been completely dishonest with the, the people here in Wisconsin. I mean, he, he went and he, he incited the riots further in Kenosha. So did, did. Governor E. You know, the day afterwards, you know, he held a press conference and said it sure felt like a vendetta being carried out mm-hmm. against a member of our community. You know, rather than trying to calm the situation down, acknowledging that we, you know, we need to investigate what happened with the, the shooting of uh, Jacob Blake. You no, know, they went out there and cited the riot. So, you no, know, it's it's a huge issue. It should be a huge issue. And, of course, both Governor Evers and Mandela Barnes, their goal was to reduce our prison population by 50%. It's oh, down horrible. 15%, including they paroled 884 criminals. You'd think they'd start with the nonviolent. Nope. Only about 100 were nonviolent. The rest were violent criminals, including 44 child rapists, 270 criminals who primarily committed uh, or at least attempted murder. And the murders were horrific. And they let these people on the street. So, no, I mean, it's, it's a huge issue, but you know, not, not only because the soft on crime policy has allowed crime to explode in Wisconsin, but just because of the grotesque dishonesty of denying his prior positions.
1: And it's an absolute lie. You're, you're right. They, they push these policies. Then they saw the results of the policies and the voters didn't like them. And now they've tried to run away from the policy as opposed to apologize for it. Just, I, I didn't get to see your debate with Mandela Barnes live, Senator, but Fox Nation, I, I, I go there once in a while and they have several of the debates up on Fox Nation. And I pulled up your and Mandela Barnes' debate and I thought you did a great job of making this point of like, you're, you're actually lying to the voters. This was your position. This is what you wanted to have happen. And now voters are angry about the results of what you wanted to have happen because crime is rampant in certain parts of our state and you're not taking responsibility for your own
2: policies. Well, He wrote the law Now it didn't become law. So he wrote the bill to eliminate cash bail. And then we all know that the Waukesha Christmas parade killer, the murderer, Mm Uh, he was out on low bail. And so even after the Waukesha Christmas Parade massacre, uh, Mandela Barnes doubled down. Yeah, he still supports eliminating bail, uh, cash bail. So <laughs> I, I, yeah. it's, it's it's baffling to me. But uh, now he's trying to back away from other uh, of his positions, his soft on crime positions.
0: So um, I've been accused, uh, Senator Johnson, of being obsessed with Hunter Biden, and, and I'm guilty as charge. I'm obsessed <laughs> um, I, because I think it's so egregious, everything that's happened. It's so obvious.
1: But you're not. It's, and, it's not a Hunter. It's really Joe, right?
0: I, no, I know. I know. I, well, that's the part I want to get to. Oh, sorry. That is I I, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought it. Well, listen, Hunter is colorful, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fascinated. I, I like just when you think it couldn't get raunchier, it gets just a little. could lower, and, and all, it goes low. Yeah, it's it's just awful. But yeah, I mean, so you and, and Senator Grassley have been, you know on this thing. You've never given up. They tried to accuse you of being, you know, purveyors of Russian disinformation. Um, they use the FBI to try and accuse you of being, a, you know, some sort of, I don't know, a spy for Putin. I don't know. It's just like crazy stuff they've gone after you with because they don't want you to do what you've been doing, which is to never give up on the story of Hunter Biden. And of course, as Sean mentioned, um, where it leads to Joe Biden and the lie. So I, I want to play this for you. Um, I want to play Joe Biden talking about he, how he doesn't know anything about what Hunter does.
2: My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. I have not had a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China.
0: So now you and and Senator Grassley have like 200 pages of bank records related to Hunter Biden and basically the family's connections to the Chinese regime and 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 people connected to the Chinese military and intelligence. Talk to me a little bit more about that, what you know, and what more we could find out should you get um, elected and you get that gavel.
2: Yeah, well, President Biden was lying through his teeth. That was obvious. I I knew it at the time. we had Treasury records that uh, proved that they were making money off of China, and from people connected with the Communist Party of China and probably the People's Liberation Army as well. So that was known in September. But as as egregious and as concerning as the corruption of Biden, Inc. is and how that compromises the president, how that may uh, have a very terrible impact on our national security because of how he now treats China uh, because of that compromise. But can
0: you expand on that? Because I think that's what people... I mean, I think at this point, people understand that Joe Biden was involved in this, that he could be compromised. But how has his actions, in your opinion, been affected by the fact that the Chinese have dirt on him?
2: Well, one indication is that he canceled the China Initiative, which was the Department of Justice program that was investigating Chinese theft of our intellectual property on universities. Why would he cancel that? You know, we, we don't know all the details about uh, you know, his business and Hunter's and Biden Inks. A business dealings in China, but I know tell you who does Chinese intelligence, Russian yeah. intelligence, Iranian intelligence, North Korean intelligence. So that, you know, so that they know this. That, that was the whole point of the news media going bonkers over potential Trump collusion with Russia, is you could compromise the president of the United States. Well, that was a total lie. That was a false narrative. This is true. And so it compromises. So again, as serious as that is, and that is that is horribly serious, okay? Gravely serious. I think even worse is the corruption in federal law enforcement, in our intelligence services. I mean, you had 51 intelligence officials, bipartisan basis, come up with their own information operation when they wrote a letter without any evidence whatsoever and said that the, the Hunter laptop had all the earmarks of a Russian information operation. I mean, that was a diversion operation themselves. I mean, look at the corruption. You know, we know the FBI uh, had a had a... Scheme in August of 2020 to downplay the derogatory information the Hunter Biden uh, laptop. And then, so you, so you got that corruption right there. And then, throw on top of that, the complicity in the corruption of the media. You know, I'm going around Wisconsin saying, you know, how, how can Mandela Barnes even have a chance? I mean, with what he's, how he's dispirited law enforcement, the, the fact that he thinks the founding of this nation is awful. I mean, we, again, we, it's, we have, there's so many of his, you know, in his own words, you know, how he has demonstrated his contempt and disdain for, for America, for Wisconsinites, for law enforcement. And, it, and yet he has a chance. Why? Because of a corrupt and complicit media who are part and parcel of the left. They're, they're not journalists anymore, they're advocates for the left. They don't they amplify their lies, they cover up for them. And so, again, they're, they're, they're the three big scandals Biden, Inc., the corruption of federal law enforcement and federal agencies. And the corruption and complicity of the mainstream media, that's some pretty, th- those are huge threats to our democracy.
0: Yeah. And fascinating. He's he's going off on a speech on on the threats to democracy. I guess my question uh, to tie up the Hunter Biden stuff is, as you said, you know, that um you know, he's involved in these business deals. We know that he was telling a lie. You're, you have these documents now, the bank records and right? the bank I mean, records. Exactly. So do, where does I mean, because we saw Hillary in the emails, nothing happens. What what will this go all the way up to, you know, to, to Joe Biden? Could he be impeached? Could what are the consequences that could happen from this?
2: Well, again, if we could prove criminal activity, that would certainly be a possibility. But again, our our problem is, you know, I subpoenaed Christopher Wray under under President Trump, who wanted these records revealed and we didn't get them. So, again, you know, we've got a real problem with the federal agencies and and partisan actors within them don't comply with congressional oversight, don't even comply with congressional subpoena. And we have no enforcement capability.
0: You have the power of the purse.
2: That that we do. Um,
0: And will you use it in that way?
2: First, because, you know, Democrats are in control. But if we get control... Uh, yeah, it, we need to be able to use that. So that that is the leverage we have. And in probably, I've got to, probably in a, and to convince my colleagues to use that leverage
1: and probably in a targeted way. I mean, no, no one is saying defund all of the FBI and the DOJ, but it's a targeted approach that could put pressure on the FBI and the DOJ to actually comply with uh, congressional subpoenas. And by the way, we see when there's no compliance with the congressional subpoena and you're a Republican, you get prosecuted and sent to jail. <laughs> yes. Steve Bannon, example. I wonder if the prosecutors at the FBI and, and, or I should say, at the DOJ, will be so aggressive against those who fail to comply with the Ron Johnson subpoena. Where that's yet to be seen. Because I do, I, I think you're going to win, Senator. And again, everyone has to vote. You got to get people out. There's no foregone conclusions. Uh, polls are not, you know, indicative of votes. You got to go out there and cast your vote. And I think the the Senate majority is going to go to the Republicans. And listen, Senator, I, I know you have to run. I know your time is short. You're on the campaign trail. You're working your heart out, um, and I want to thank you for joining us on the kitchen table. Thank you for being such a great Wisconsinite, such a great American, and fighting for truth and honesty and transparency and So, with so many issues that are so meaningful to the American people, and, and as, there's not many people who will do what you've done. No one will take the abuse that you've taken, and I'm so grateful that you have broad, broad shoulders and say, I'll, I'll take the hits because America is worth it.
0: You did. And by the way, I love the compliment that Tucker Carlson gave you because it was so good when he said, Ron Johnson is the only Senator who gets better with time. The rest of them get worse. (laughs) You get better. I couldn't agree more. I thought it was so spot on. Uh, Sean knows that I think you're the greatest Senator in the Senate, in that body. Um, I I will always no no matter how this election turns out, and I I believe you're going to win no matter how it turns out, the courage you showed, um, during COVID, when there were so many cowards, so many cowards in the medical field, cowards in Congress, cowards in business, cowards all over the place, and you stood with those few brave people who were willing to stand up, and 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 people who risked their careers, and you stood for them, and mothers who were you know devastated over what happened to their children from a uh, you know a vaccine injury. I can't thank you enough. You 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 made your state proud. You made your country proud. And I don't care what those people say. You have been vindicated with time. You keep getting more and more vindicated. And like Tucker said, you keep getting better. I think you deserve reelection 100 times over, Senator. I'm your biggest fan.
2: Well, listen, you guys are doing a great job providing real information, the truth to millions of viewers. and I appreciate that. I, I truly appreciate your friendship. Loved getting to know you guys, and, and appreciate our relationship. and uh, you guys, keep up the good work as well. So, God bless you, and keep keep working hard.
1: God bless you, and good yes. luck on the campaign trail. Stay safe in that rod mobile. All right, <laughs> drive it safe.
0: <laughs> we'll have more of this conversation after this. Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you, and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro life, pro family views, then Every Life is your solution every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from what they look like or whether they were planned or unplanned every baby is a miracle from god worthy of love protection and celebration every life offers high-performing supremely soft premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep their diapers are crafted without fragrances dyes lotions latex parabens or phthalates And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: All right. Listen, I got to tell you, I I know how busy he is. I know what these campaign schedules look like and that he would take you know, 15, 20 minutes out um, to talk about what's happening in the great state of Wisconsin, one of those really important races um, with a really important senator. I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, um, there's been
0: so much talk about Pennsylvania, which is so important, and Georgia, also important. But you can't forget about Wisconsin and also about the quality of the senator that that Wisconsin has to put forward. It's just it's just remarkable. Well, so
1: often you go, I, I don't know what I'm going to get with a new candidate. I don't yeah. know what the kind of senator they're going to be. There's some
0: questions about, well, about I, I there's know some what, questions with the, um, Herschel Walker. There's no I, question about that.
1: I know, <laughs> I know what I get with Ron Johnson. He has been, he has been tested, he's been tried, um, and he has stood up to the challenge. And I, I love your point, Rachel. When a lot of people ran for the hills, Ron Johnson ran for the truth. He ran for transparency. And he ran to back up a debate in America, especially when he mentioned, a lot of us didn't know, Fauci didn't know. That's the time when you debate and get the best information, best minds with different opinions. And they weren't doing that. And Ron was like, well, hold up a second. Actually, these guys are making some really good points. And God, if, she says, I'm science. And if, and if there's a potential of a vaccine to hurt people, we should probably talk about that. We should know what the consequences are, if there are consequences. And he was one who was fearless in that effort. And you, you and I couldn't be Potter, you know, from, from you know, our roots in Wisconsin and to have a senator like that in our state.
0: He was also saying the common sense thing. We all knew go outside, get vitamin yeah. D, by the way ivermectin works uh there's some studies look what's happening in india and for all of that they tried to say you're killing people i mean the intimidation that went they went after him with um and then he had a hear. he he, he, he didn't have the majority at this point but he had uh, a hearing like an uh, sort of uh you know his own hearing like roundtable roundtable uh but it's still a senator you know holding that kind of a hearing Putting up the, the the brave doctors who were taking hits for taking care of people with COVID, and big tech censored it. They they, they, they took they it off of YouTube. It.
1: They took it off of YouTube. You couldn't get it.
0: And, and, it, and can I just say this in that hearing, he had a doctor who had you know treated thousands of people with COVID with his you know treatment of ivermectin and other things, and then there was a guy at the hearing. Who was like, this is wrong and blah, 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 and you're gonna kill people with your ivermectin and vitamin D or whatever. And then Ron Johnson said, So how many people did you did did you treat have, have for you COVID? COVID? None. 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 Just like just like Fauci's never treated anyone with COVID.
1: You know, I I, I remember that and the, the media was vicious. Hard, with, we gotta go with, back
0: and remember that.
1: With with Senator Johnson yeah, or, and, and, and as he mentioned misrepresenting what he was saying, lying about what he was saying and lying about what he was trying to actually do. And just one other point on that, I remember listening, I think, I don't know if it was listening to Hannity or someone during daytime Fox, and a doctor came on who's a, you know, he's a famous doctor and was talking about kind of the same things that Ron Johnson was talking about. I'm like, you don't get famous doctors to take an opposite position of the CDC. And it was Dr. Oz was one of the the early doctors who was coming out going, well, let's, we should actually look at these things as most doctors would say, we don't because we don't know. And I didn't know his politics. I did not know where he stood on issues. But Dr. Oz was also
2: yeah. early on going, so true.
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's make sure we're looking at all the evidence, all the information and all the best minds to get the the best recommendations on how to treat COVID.
0: Instead of, you know, everything the CDC said was, suppo- and by the way, CDC, fully in bed with big pharma, fully in bed with big pharma. And we were supposed to trust that, you know, Every day I thank God that our daughter brought her friend over on Halloween back in what, what year We're was it? 20 in 2020. In 2020. And she spent the night. This is when you weren't supposed to have kids spend the night and, and but we what we did and then we got COVID.
1: Richie had dinner with us, trick-or-treated, slept over. <laughs> we got
0: COVID.
1: And she on Monday, that was a Sunday. On Monday, she was like I have I have COVID and we're like like, how how did you come to our house when
0: you had COVID? (laughs) I don't think she knew exactly. But anyway, I want to kiss her feet because thank God we got COVID because the whole
1: house got it together. Everyone.
0: It went. I mean, listen, anytime anyone gets a cold in this house, it just flies through everybody. everybody. So we or or the flu. And so we all got COVID.
1: All nine of us.
0: All nine of us. No,
1: nine kids, eleven, actually eleven of us. Uh, Yeah, yeah, because everyone was
0: together then. It was eleven of us. Vito's
1: home from school. We all got COVID.
0: And we all got tested and we all tested positive uh, the kids were not had no symptoms. Uh, we were sick as a dog. Sean I, took hydroxychloroquine, which you weren't supposed to do at that time.
1: I, well, I had a doctor prescribe it for me.
0: Yep. Well, kind of.
1: He's a doctor. He was maybe a doctor. We ma- won't talk
0: about who maybe that maybe is, not a medical but doctor. he got a secret <laughs> bottle of hydroxychloroquine. He took hydroxychloroquine. I did not. And I was sick for eight days. Sean was sick for three hours. So I mean, Just in our own lives, we saw the the, The impact on kids. Yes, the impact on kids, which was virtually nothing. The impact of taking hydroxychloroquine, wish I had taken it, Um, and and all of that play out. And then you and I made a decision that because there were no long-term studies on the vaccine and because they were pushing it so hard, it made us wary. And we decided we've already got natural immunity. We're not taking the vaccine and listen that was not an easy decision to make at that time there was a lot of pressure on us to do it and we said no and again i'm so grateful that i'm i i every day i feel better i feel like my unvaccinated blood is gold.
1: Well, I want to be clear with everyone. We're, we're not anti-vaxxers. We, we've, we've taken vaccines. Our kids take vaccines. But on this one,
0: we took vaccines that had long-term studies done on that. That's them. true. And this Thank one had not
1: but, but no, but I wanted to make that clear. I'm not, it's not that we haven't had any vaccines. We have, but this was one that, I, that we were skeptical of. We were nervous about the lies that were coming out of government and the hardcore push yes. that was being put on us. And then we thought, well, if we've had COVID, we probably have immunities like any other kind of virus yeah. that you get, you get an immunity from it. And neither of us have had COVID since um, we feel very strong and healthy. And like, we've got through it. I
0: feel like superwoman.
1: You are kind of, you actually dressed like superwoman I, Yeah, sometimes. I feel
0: like I'm super. So and, I, I think the the reason we're going through this is I think it, it's really easy to, to forget, forget about what those two and a half years were like, especially the, the first year. And, there were a few people who stood strong uh, in leadership positions,
1: real champions,
0: real champions. And, and God bless those doctors like McAuliffe. Um, and, and, and there were others. I, I can't remember all their names, uh, Bhattacharya, um, you know, Dr. Marty McCary, um, the uh, great
1: Barrington declaration signers
0: and Senator Johnson stood by so many of them, you
1: know, I just maybe, and we're going to get to a few, a-
0: very few good doctors that came forward.
1: And you know what? In times like this, you see, In a group of leaders, the leader of the leaders stand out. Yeah. Um, And the ones who have courage in tough times are the ones that you want at the forefront. And it was Ron Johnson was one of the few with the doctors you mentioned were the ones that stood up and, and, and kind of advocated for common sense and truth and transparency. And again, it wasn't easy. And we want to remind you all what they did to them, which was horrible. The lies that were told about them. And I think you made a good point, Rachel. Time has been vindication uh, for so many uh, of the truth seekers in this um, conversation.
0: Can I say, you know, there was women who were missing their periods or women in menopause who were getting their periods after taking the vaccine and they were told that it wasn't happening and and then A year later, they go, okay, yeah, it was happening, but don't worry about it. It didn't mean anything. Not a big deal. But, you know, (laughs) remember, believe women that they. why would I lie about my period? Like, it's so dumb, like that what they did to us. And then what I get, what I really loved about Ron Johnson was probably the most vilified, ignored and censored group of all during covid were people who had a vaccine injury. Yes, yeah, right. No one wanted to stand with them. Their stories. In fact, we did a story of a woman who was so pro vaccine. She was a, an engineer and her husband was a doctor or a scientist. She actually put her three children into the vaccine uh, trial trials. Yes. Which I mean, I, uh, there's no way in a million years I would. But she did it with the best of intentions because she w- really believed that the vaccine would save people. And she put her own kids in the trial. And one of the kids had a neuro neurological problem. She couldn't walk. No one from the Biden administration called her. No one from Pfizer wanted to follow up with her from any of the pharmaceutical companies. And she was on her own. her,
1: Her plumbing was all messed up. Her motor skills were all messed up. I mean, really kind of serious, a tragic, tragic situation. And
0: they were left. They were abandoned by everybody who was excited about the vaccine. They were abandoned, ignored, told that the little girl was imagining it. And there were, lots of other people who had these problems and no one wanted to stand by them except for Ron Johnson. That is why I love that man.
1: And I think that that's why we've done a lot of love right here on him because sorry, we're so I grateful for it. I, it. Yeah, I think he's the
0: greatest I, Senator in that body.
1: He, he he truly is. And, and again, I think that's why it's kind of uncommon in Wisconsin to have a that's senator. Not he's
0: from Wisconsin. No, no,
1: I know. I'm saying, but I'm saying in Wisconsin yes,
0: uh,
1: it, to win a third term like this yeah. is somewhat it's challenging. Really? Yeah, it is. It's it's hard, right? And I didn't know that. I thought he, I if, thought he
0: would have the power of incumbency. And especially
1: him. as a Republican, it's wow. hard. It's, it's even harder in a in a state like Wisconsin. And I think Ron Johnson is going to prevail because of what he's done, because of the truth he's tried to tell. So, um, again, I want to thank him for coming on and and sharing a little bit with us from he the campaign a little trail. bit
0: to Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden has screwed up things so much, Sean, <laughs> that. Ron Johnson and all Republicans look better in the cycle as well. Let's admit that Joe Biden has a role to play. He
1: has been he's been destroying America, but helping the Republican Party win seats in the House (laughs) and the Senate. That is true.
0: Well, we've enjoyed the conversation. Ron was awesome.
1: He really was awesome.
0: I know. Sorry, I keep loving on him, but I can't help it. Um, and if you did too, if you like this conversation, let us know. Subscribe, rate, review this podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen ad free with Fox News Podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, so fun. Ad free. I love it.
1: All right. Listen, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Until next week, Sean and Rachel, we're out.